Welcome to the Pregnancy After Loss podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Henry. This podcast is a place for parents to share their stories of pregnancy after loss in hopes to help themselves and others heal and find a supportive community along the way. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Pregnancy After Loss Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the show to help reach other listeners like you. Today's guest is my friend Gabby. Uh, We actually connected via social media. We've got a bunch of mutual friends, but we connected via social media um, really kind of because of our losses. Um, And her story really stuck out to me. And when I decided to do this podcast, I knew that I wanted to have her on if she was willing to share her story. And she's gracious enough to come on here to share. So Gabby, I'm going to kind of just pass it off to you and let you share um, about your journey, about your loss and your pregnancy afterwards. All right. So my name is Gabby. Um, My husband and I have been together since... um, We've been together since 2010, married in 2015. We spent a little bit of time, just me and him, and then decided we were going to start for a baby. And it only took a little bit before I was pregnant with our first son, Gavin. He was born in August of 2017. Um, He was the most probably uncomplicated pregnancy you would ever hear about. Um, No morning sickness, nothing. It was a picture perfect pregnancy. Um, and probably our whole relationship, we always joked, especially after having our first son, Gavin, that what will we do if we had twins second? How would we handle that? Um, it was always a joke to us if we were to get pregnant with twins for our second pregnancy. We always knew we wanted two kids. Um, so we always joked about that. Well, um, I guess February of 2019, we decided to get off the pill and just kind of see how it went. Um, We weren't going to stress ourselves about it just yet and just kind of see how it goes. Um, Well, lo and behold, I found I was pregnant that first month at the end of March, right after my birthday. Um, And everything was fine. I went to my first appointment in April and lo and behold, there were two little flickers on the ultrasound. Um, as you can imagine, we were very shocked and overwhelmed, um, but excited at the same time. I don't think we knew what we were going to get ourselves into. Um, we called my mom who wasn't able to come to the appointment to us just because of the weather and she had to stay home with our son, Gavin. Um, so we called my, her and my dad and we were, you know, hysterically crying and happy and they were in shock, but what kind of flipped, this was the start of a very roller coaster of a pregnancy. Um, because when we saw her doctor, they told us that it was more likely that these babies were what's known as mono mono or mono chorionic. And they basically, they have the same placenta and the same sac. Um, which puts them at very high risk for entanglement of the um, umbilical cords. And if you make it to 24 weeks, you go into the hospital until they're born. Um, So it's a very high risk twin pregnancy, even though twins are automatically high risk. Um, So from then on, we were devastated, you know, scared out of our minds. We didn't know what what was going to happen. 
Um, we were set up to go back to an ultrasound two weeks later. At that ultrasound, I was, the first ultrasound I was measuring like a week behind or a week and a half behind. So they changed my due date. That next ultrasound, I had caught up a little bit. And thankfully at that ultrasound, we did see they were in two separate sacs, um, but they still were sharing a placenta, which poses its own risk. Um, so we were grateful at that ultrasound that, you know, we still have two healthy babies at this point and they are in different sacs. So we're not as high risk as we originally were. Um, so then after that, we kind of just prayed and hoped that this was going to continue on the way we hoped it to be. We started making plans and doing all these things, started telling a few people. Um, and then I had another ultrasound at 13 weeks. Everything still looked great. I was actually, they had caught up measurement wise to my original due date, but they kept it the same at that point. Um, and you know, with twins, you go in like constantly for checks and all that stuff. Uh, my first maternal fetal medicine appointment um, with the high-risk doctors wasn't until 16 weeks. So I didn't go until actually the first week of July. That was my first appointment. I had seen Dr. Willett, my OB, the week before. We had great heartbeats. Um, she actually looked at, looked at them on her bedside ultrasound. I said, if you can see the gender, don't tell me, just write it down. So um, she wrote it down. We got home and Corey and I opened it up with my parents and we were having twin boys. We knew they were either going to be boys or girls. They couldn't be one or the other. Um, so we were excited. I, I was convinced they were girls, but we were excited to have boys because, you know, we love our son, Gavin. So we knew it would be fun to have three boys around. Um, so anyway, that following week, we went to the maternal fetal medicine doctor um, and they did an ultrasound. They told us that you know, one measuring was eight ounces, one was six ounces. So I didn't really think anything of it. The doctor came in and did some more looks at them and told us that we were being diagnosed with what's known as twin to twin transfer syndrome, which is basically the umbilical cord. They're both of their umbilical cords attached to a, an area where they shared blood supply. So basically one was given the other, all of their blood supply. So one was getting not enough and one was getting way too much. Um, but he was very, very, very hopeful um, that we were going to be okay. So he had set up an appointment um, with their high-risk doctor who was very um, well-known. He, he specialized in that situation. So we had a follow appointment the next week. Um, unfortunately, that was a Wednesday. I think it was July 3rd. I worked the next two days. The 5th, I remember being at work and thinking, you know, I haven't really felt that move a whole lot. Now, mind you, I was only 17, 18 weeks along. Most people wouldn't really feel their babies move at that gestation. Um, but I think just because I was pregnant with twins and it wasn't my first pregnancy, I had actually felt the move for a couple of weeks. Um, so I went in well, I went to work and, you know, all day long, I was like, they're not, I haven't really felt them move. You know, that's kind of weird. I haven't felt them move like at all, but I was too nervous to check anything at work because I'm an ER nurse. So I didn't really want to check anything at work just for fear that something was wrong. I didn't want to be told that by a coworker. Um, and Gavin used to sleep at work when I was at work because I was on my feet all the time. So he would just kind of be less active when I was at work. 
So that next day, it was a Saturday. I was like, you know, I still haven't really felt them move. I tried at one of my friends, Taylor, she had a ultra, um, a fetal Doppler. I tried with that, but you know, sometimes it's hard to find them. I just kept finding myself. Um, I ate drink, you know, a Dr. Pepper ate something sugary, hoping that they would start moving. Um, and they didn't. So I went in, I called Corey. I was like, I need you to come. And so we can go to the hospital, you know, it might all be fine, but I just want to make sure and help with my anxiety. So we went to the hospital, um, because you're not 21 weeks, they didn't take me to the back. They just did a triage. Um, she couldn't find the heartbeats either. So they set me up for an ultrasound. Um, and on that ultrasound, as soon as you put it on my belly, I knew what she was about to tell us. Um, and that's probably like, I don't know if I just blacked out after that and just can't remember, you know, all it's just one of the hardest things to hear. And I think I just needed her to say the words out loud. Um, I didn't want to believe it until she said the words out loud. Um, so from there, we went to labor and delivery. Uh, thankfully, I had one of the best doctors who was on call, Dr. Um, Allison Boudreaux. She was so kind that she held my hand while we cried. And it was a great experience for such a horrible event, you know. Um, so basically after that, we were able to, after delivery, we were able to spend time with them um, and just kind of cry and hold and hold them and do as much as we can. And, you know, Women's Hospital is the best at those kinds of situations because they really do hold your hand as much as they can. Um, but, you know, from that point, uh, after that loss, I think for like at least a month, I felt like I was drowning. Um, it felt like I was treading water. I didn't know I would wake up in the middle of the night about the time they were, I had delivered them almost every night. Um, I could barely, you know, function throughout the day and which is very hard when you have a toddler at home, you know? So I did end up reaching out to be put to, I did end up in counseling and I really think it helped me process all those different events going up, leading up to that. And I know I kept telling the therapist, like, as soon as they were born, I just remember feeling like I'll never be the same, but she made the best point. You don't necessarily want to be the same. You're not the same person before you had your first son. You're not going to be the same person after you have them. Um, and that's okay. So that really helped me to kind of accept this different person um, after their loss. So it took us, it took me a while to really heal and, and not, you're never going to accept your loss, but definitely heal enough to know that I didn't want their loss to define what our family looked like. I didn't want our loss to help not allow Gavin to have a sibling here on earth. Um, cause he deserves that. So it took us about a year before we just kind of said the same thing. Let's see how it goes. 
So it took us a couple months and I found out I was pregnant again. Unfortunately, this time when I found out I was pregnant, I also had COVID. Um, I found out I had COVID the day before I found out I was pregnant. Um, I just kind of took a pregnancy test thinking it'll be negative because, you know, I'm not pregnant and that's fine. I just want to make sure since I'm a few days from starting my cycle and lo and behold, it was positive. Thankfully, that pregnancy um, per complications was fine. I never had any complications, um, but it was a very, very, very hard pregnancy after loss. Um, I don't mentally, I think this pregnancy was harder on me mentally, which made it harder on me physically. Um, Cause you're constantly thinking about how many times have they moved today? How many, you know, have they moved enough? Um, what, what happens from here? You know, like you're constantly hoping, praying for that to get to your due date and you almost wish your pregnancy, pregnancy away because you just are trying to get to the end goal. Um, so I think the mental f- part of it definitely made it harder physically on me. Um, and you have a, you know, three-year-old running around. <laughs> so that was a lot harder as well. But thankfully, um, we um, welcomed our rainbow baby in April. And he has been the best thing that has helped us. Um, he definitely brought up a lot of grief I didn't think was going to happen. A lot of memories of the delivery and the hospital stay and all that stuff that happened post um, our twins that I didn't think was going to happen. So I had a lot of grief I had to like redeal with a little bit. Um, and it definitely made me realize that no, like Nolan, our rainbow baby doesn't take away when we lost Lincoln and Bennett. He doesn't fill the hole and he never needs to feel like he's a replacement for our loss. He is just an additive. He just helped us have hope again but he doesn't fill the hole. He never needs to feel like he's a replacement. So I always want him to feel like, not feel like he was a replacement just because we lost the twins. So, but yeah, it's been a long journey. Yes. Oh my gosh. So your story is so unique because, you know, a lot of people that I've talked to at least since my own loss, a lot of people have, you know, gone through miscarriage or like an early pregnancy loss. So, which, you know, a loss is a loss, but, um, I, I did wonder, and it, I'm glad you brought that up, especially because I'm due to get induced tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> baby. Um, <laughs> and that makes total sense that like that delivery would just stir up all of just like the, the sights and the smells and the sounds. And, um, I can imagine like that would just stir up so much. Um, it definitely brought up a lot of things I didn't remember about their delivery or not that I didn't remember, but just things I hadn't like recalled in a while. Um, so it was like, I had to regrieve some of those situations right right Uh, that makes total sense I remember um when for my uh you know this pregnancy 
it was almost the exact same timeline. I started bleeding again, like right after, um, right around the same time, like same gestational age as I was when I had my miscarriage. And it was like all of those emotions, just like, and everything was fine, but like all of those yeah. just stirred back up. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening again. You know, and you do, like you said, um, pregnancy after loss almost makes you sadly, it almost makes you wish the pregnancy away. Um, yeah. and then you don't really want the pregnancy. You just want the end result. Yeah. So exactly. it's, it's hard. Cause then you, even if you've had a, pregnancy loss at six weeks you still have in your head what could go wrong even at 36 weeks 30 weeks you know like you're still constantly worried until you hold that baby in your arm you're gonna have constant anxiety and it it's something I had to deal with every day I had I think I listened to his heartbeat every day from week 16 till at least maybe week 14 to at least week, like 2022 until I could consistently fill in, move constantly. I was listening to it. And even then, if I didn't feel him move a lot in an hour's time, I was pulling it out to listen. Oh yeah. Um, And then when I made, like you talk about, you started bleeding around the same time when I made it to 18 weeks, which is Technically, I say 18 weeks and three days. That's when that was based off my first due date, not my second. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were measuring right at that gestation. So I say 18 weeks. But when I made it to 18 weeks, I was hysterical all day. Like, yeah, could it? I just like, I don't know. I guess it was just like feeling like that same gestation is their loss. I couldn't process my emotions and poor like children are just like the best at honing in on your emotions. Gavin, I think walked in when I was crying in his room and he just hugged me and he said, don't worry, mommy. It's okay. Don't worry. And I think that's what helped me get through that day because it was hard. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, Yeah. So what has parenting after loss been like for you? Um, my mom and I actually talked about this recently because of Gavin adjusting to having a sibling now here. It's, I think that after I lost Lincoln and Bennett, I clung to Gavin so much and we probably gave him, I mean, I wouldn't say too much attention, but we clung to him like so much to save ourselves and to tread water, especially right after that I think that's some of the reason it's been a little different for him to um, divide his, to realize that his attention is being divided and it's not always on him right now. He's adjusted very well, but I think because of the loss with Lincoln and Bennett, we stuck to him like glue um, because we, we needed to save ourselves at that moment. And he was so little, he was, wasn't even two when we lost Lincoln and Bennett. So he didn't really understand what was going on at that time. You could tell he knew something wasn't right because he, he kind of was in tune to us, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't know, obviously know what was going on. But yeah, I think that's what's kind of what we did after we lost him is just clung to him so much to save ourselves and save our sanity. Yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. Well, yeah. I really appreciate, I know, especially 
just the, your story, your story is so unique because it was, you know, a later term loss and twins. So I know that your story is going to help someone very specific out there. Um, and I just really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. I know it's hard, especially you've got like all these postpartum hormones that are still oh, yeah. fresh because yeah. you have a brand new baby at home. So yeah. um, I understand, like, I, I'm just so grateful that you came on to share. And um, if anybody want, if anybody wants to get in touch with you or reach out to you, where can they find you on social media? Um, they could probably just reach out through Facebook. That's fine. Okay. Well, great. Um, and I'll, I'll put your name in the show notes. So if anybody wants to reach out to you to, um, you know, talk to you or just thank you for sharing your story, they can do that. Um, so that's all I have for today. Um, if you have anything else, feel free. I think that's it. All right, Gabby. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for letting me share my story. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Pregnancy After Loss podcast. Don't forget to check out the show notes to connect to today's guest and find any resources shared in today's episode. To catch new episodes, subscribe to the show on whichever platform you listen to podcasts. Until next time.